0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Wednesday, July 6, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Three crew members were safely rescued after their fishing boat sank underneath them about 50 miles northwest of Sitka on Monday. The U.S. Coast Guard reports that the 37-foot power troller Miss Amy radioed for help after it began taking on water in the vicinity of Porcupine Rock, just offshore of the entrance to Lisiansky Strait. The Coast Guard issued an urgent marine information broadcast asking for the assistance of any vessels in the area. Two Good Samaritans, the Surrus and the Lucky Strike, responded. The Miss Amy was unable to control the flooding and sank. The Suras and Lucky Strike successfully pulled the crew of the Miss Amy from the water. The three individuals were hoisted aboard an air station Sitka helicopter and transported to Mount Edgecombe Medical Center for treatment. In a news release, Petty Officer Matt Bettinas in the Coast Guard Juno Command Center said their quick response saved three lives. The Miss Amy is reported to be on the bottom in about 150 feet of water. The vessel is registered to an owner in Huna. Monday was Independence Day, but it was also the 111th birthday of Elizabeth Parachevich, a pioneer of the civil rights movement in Alaska and in the United States. In Sitka, residents chose the day to dedicate a monument to Parachevich. In a place where, until recently, another monument once stood. KCAW's Robert Woolsey attended and sent this audio postcard.
1: The Pradovich monument is a park bench, but on a scale meant to secure the memory of the honoree for years to come. Two slabs of yellow cedar hewn from a blown-down, 124-year-old tree set into concrete and weighing around 2,000 pounds. Pradovich was born in Petersburg, but her work is an enduring legacy of the Alaska Native Brotherhood and Sisterhood, which were founded in Sitka, and the organization's efforts to push the Anti-Discrimination Act of 1945 through the territorial legislature. David Kanash led the spiritual dedication of the bench.
2: Yat-yakini, Kiksadi. I stand here a guest upon the land. This is the land of the Kiksadi, the land of Kliknakhadi, land of Kagwanpan. I ask your permission to speak upon this land.
1: Kanash told the story of Raven and the Box of Daylight to illustrate Pradovich's impact on the lives of Alaskans, both indigenous and non-native.
2: Raven came along and he found a man, a stingy man, who had these boxes which contained the stars, the moon, and the sun. Raven was able to acquire the boxes. He was able to release the stars and the moon out into the world and up into the sky. But there was one more box, the box of daylight. Raven opened the box of daylight. The sun rose for the first time. A people no longer had to walk in darkness. This is how I think of Elizabeth Paradovich.
1: Former ANS Grand President Paulette Moreno emceed the dedication this ceremony was a moment for her to come full circle, from a time in October 2016 when she donned Hlingit regalia and climbed Castle Hill during the annual reenactment of the Alaska transfer, and held a small sign reading Gunel Sitka Shitka Kwan, for your care of Hlingit Ani, for time immemorial. Moreno was later active in the effort to remove the bronze statue of Alexander Baranov, which once stood in this spot in Sitka's Centennial Plaza and she alluded to it briefly and humorously.
3: And we are honored that so many of you have come to show your love and your support and your respect. As we look out over the view to where another monument once stood, and now, Doug, can you raise your hand? They're taking pictures from there. (laughs) Right now, this is significant.
1: The removal of the Baranov statue and its subsequent relocation inside the Sitka History Museum was peaceful and accomplished with the government's support. Compared to the removal of similar reminders of historical trauma, it could have gone much worse. Deputy Mayor Kevin Knox also tied this ceremony to that moment.
2: Uh, I really look forward to seeing more and more changes here in our community and throughout our, our nation and how we respect and honor and uh value everybody in our communities on behalf of the the city of sitka and and the assembly
1: (laughs) after everyone present had dipped their hands into a bowl of water collected from the several river systems that sustained sitka and sprinkled it over the bench knox and lifetime alaska native sisterhood member liz howard cut the ribbon three
4: two one and
1: the party moved inside, out of the sun, for birthday cake and coffee. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Wolsey.
0: Ketchikan's federally recognized tribe is working to improve fish habitat on lands that were once clear-cut. As KRBD's Reagan Miller reports, Ketchikan Indian community leaders hope the pilot program near a tributary to Upper Ward Creek serves as a model for future stream restoration efforts all over the southern panhandle.
4: The woods surrounding Upper Ward Creek echo with the buzz of mosquitoes, the groan of pulleys and winches, and the gurgle of water. A crew member calls a warning to keep out of the bite. That's the intersection of pulleys that hoist trees quickly through the streams. Ketchikan's tribe has been working on the land owned by Saxman's village corporation, Cape Fox, with the goal of making the creek a better home for local fish. It's a partnership with the Juneau-based regional nonprofit Southeast Alaska Watershed Coalition. Logging in the passage of time have changed the landscape of the creek. The harvesting reduced trees that once lined the stream banks to stumps. Stream banks are high and steep. Water levels are low. Restoration biologist John Hudson says that's hurt the population of fish that call the creek home. The area is a tributary that feeds into Ward Creek, home to several salmon species, cutthroat trout, and Dolly Varden. Now,
3: that can have some pretty negative repercussions for fish habitat, because it turns out when a tree dies or it's blown over by the wind and falls into the stream it creates amazing habitat for fish and so absent the old growth forest that's here right now to die and fall in the stream the fish habitat is deteriorating it's going down downhills
4: so the crew has been taking trees from farther beyond the creek and replacing the deteriorating trees in the creek members of the crew use a capstan wedge to help fell stronger sick spruce trees to replace weaker alders in the water Hudson explains that it's a way to slow down the fast-moving water in this eroded creek bed.
3: What you do in a situation like this is cut down trees, bring them in with hand-powered or gas winches, and uh, embed them in the stream in a way that you're blocking or damming the stream up a little bit to trap sediment as it comes down.
4: Hudson says restoration work can provide a nice resting place for these fish by fortifying natural debris jams and crisscrossing falling logs.
3: It creates these incredible pools. We call them scour pools or plunge pools. And those pools are critically important for fish. It's a low energy place to hang out. They don't have to swim against the current.
4: But while the work involves spelling trees to be hauled into the creek, there's a balance to be struck. Tony Gallegos, the cultural director for Ketchupan Indian Community, says the work is meant to disrupt the environment as little as possible.
1: The whole idea is we're not getting heavy equipment in here to tear up Tearing this riparian. What can we do by hand?
4: And it's demanding. Some of the work is done with gas-powered winches, some is done by hand or with pulleys looped around the trunks of strong trees. It's a small local crew making it happen. Amelia Hayward of Metlakatla and Josephine Guthrie of Kloak are two of the crew members who have been trained by KIC and SOC to help with the restoration. They recently got back from a 10-day restoration project near Margaret Creek, about 24.5 miles from Ketchikan. They got weeks of on-the-job training back in May. Neither had done any work with this before. Guthrie says she wants to keep going, despite the fact that the Ward Creek job is almost done. I learned a
0: lot about those things being here, but I want to gain more on the
4: whole saw, sawing part of it. Diogos said KIC is in the process of partnering with SOC and other groups to apply for more funds to keep up the work.
1: Seeing a resurgence in funding. I don't know if it's resurgence, but funding coming where it hasn't really been there in the past right now that's kind of helping to give some
3: momentum.
4: Keenan Sanderson is an indigenous food sovereignty specialist with the tribe. He says there is more to it than dropping logs into streams. It's a group effort to protect the salmon population.
3: Not just people out here with axes chopping trees down. You have hydrologists out here, you have fisheries biologists, uh, you have uh, forest uh, like timber experts.
4: And with southeast Alaska's legacy of clear-cut logging, it's not just this creek that needs the help. Sanderson says there are plenty of places that once hosted robust fish populations.
3: Um, There's definitely uh, job security in this.
4: (laughs) And Sanderson hopes that with some work and time, the fish will come back. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Reagan Miller.
0: I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a look at the weather for Sitka for today, Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. Today, cloudy. Highs 65 to 71. West winds around 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Lows in the lower 50s. West winds around 10 miles per hour. You're listening to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning.